Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are the multi vocals for Enya today, guys. The thing is is that you may think that this is in jest, but I will say that I enjoy Enya. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Pop History. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. My name is Natalie Jean. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. We This is a girls-only episode. Shock, shock, shock of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Holden doesn't care about Enya. We had to wait until he was physically unable to be here to talk about Enya. <laughs> and now he can't stop us. No <laughs> one can tell us what to do. We can do whatever we want, whenever we want, because we're strong, powerful women just like Enya. That's right. That's what we want to do when we're alone is only talk and think about Enya. And Ireland. Orinoco flow, everybody. I have been so peaceful. Now, I a lot of people I've I've yelled about Enya at people. I've been doing this for the past six days. And every time everyone's like, please stop talking about Enya. Why would you ever care about Enya? But the thing is rude. You two is the only Irish act to have sold more records than Enya. She is Ireland's biggest selling solo artist. She is beyond, beyond, beyond a millionaire and also a badass bitch that doesn't give a fuck what you think about her or her music. She does what she does, how she wants to fucking do it. And how does she want to do it? Alone, in a castle, doing is, it all by herself. She's Ex- very <laughs> aggressive for making music that's so somber and powerful is the word I think you're looking for. Yes. <laughs> I think that it's powerful yeah. because I feel power within me when I listen to Enya. Let's throw it out there. I think that Pure Moods was the first time I was introduced to Enya because you remember the the commercial that would play like Pure Moods was the oh, yeah. was the chill yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I loved those commercials. I never had a Pure Moods, but I definitely got into Enya a little too hard and it was a secret pleasure. Oh, you got into Enya as a youth? Yeah. 
<laughs> it, it was what at the same range? time it was the same new metal time so it was like what, middle school whoa. era it was those oh are, it was a secret wow those are opposite ends of i feel like the same spectrum somehow i do think they're connected it's feelings it's emotions again it's power and now i have been listening to a lot of any i haven't listened to any in a minute she has a lot of albums except that we're still uh accustomed to hearing her on commercials at this point she's her songs still show up all the time in media which is she's she's more places than you think that she is that's what i'm very curious for you to tell me where all of the millions came from she's just also been killing it since 1988 in the way that she wanted to do it which we should be not only giving Enya our respect, but we should put her up on a goddamn castle pedestal. So how do I make millions of dollars? Well, I think that you have to be like really, really, really obsessed with making music. Oh. Can you do that? Can you play all of the instruments? Can you do at times over 500 layers of your own voice, singing with your own voice to make sometimes elven magic? No. No, you can't. But that doesn't mean that maybe in the future, if you really want to, maybe you could. Because I do believe in you as a sister. Uh, thank you, but I don't think you should. Probably what? that's that's a bad idea. I, I, I do, though. I don't think you should manage my music career. Because then on top... No, definitely not. <laughs> no, no, no. I immediately be like, ah, oh, yeah, put a little more razzmatazz in it. Why don't you? I think that I also really fell more into love with Enya because of the Lord of the Rings soundtrack. And as a Lego head totally over here. Totally forgot she was on that soundtrack. Oh, oh yeah, you are a Lego I'm a, I'm a Legolas girl. And so she also sung in Elvin. How do I not love this woman? She is so fitting for that because as you'll, I'm sure, talk about, she lives in a literal castle. And I want to see inside of that castle so bad you can definitely see pictures of it if you look up Mandrelay castle and we will get there i just love this line it says enya who if you were to believe half of what you hear only ventures outside of her kelene castle once every seven years to bestow an album upon her adoring public before disappearing back into the mist to the sound of crying angels which is what <laughs> honestly so we talked about page, on page seven years ago we had brought up Enya and Marcus had brought up the fact that she lives in a castle that she is a recluse and this a very basic facts about Enya which is why I needed to explore a little bit further into what it was really happening with her because I also didn't know that she played all the instruments. I didn't realize where she had come from. I didn't, and I thought that she was an agoraphobic. She is not an agoraphobic. She is a recluse of sorts. It does kind of add to the mythos though, if you think of her as agoraphobic because her music does sound like somebody who would be afraid of other people. Yeah, I mean, I think that she definitely, and we will get into this as well, she definitely, as someone had described her, she's not the kind of person you throw back a couple pints with at the pub. She's not like a um, a hang loose type, if you will. At least it doesn't seem in the very few interviews I could find of her. I guess that's not how you get a castle. No, this this is how you get a castle. This is how you get a castle. You have to work very hard for a very long time and really believe in what you're making and also just, you know, be be 
above the idea of love or like hanging 10 or riding the wave. I think that it, it just seems like that's just not really her thing. And another huge thing that we have to remember here, which I had no idea, is that Enya is actually not just the person Enya, but she is really the, they call it the triumvirate of Enya. So Enya herself mm. composes the songs. But Nikki Ryan acts as her manager and arranges and produces the music while his wife, Roma Ryan, handles the lyrics. Now, we will talk about the Ryan. Is this like Ryans. a sister wife scenario? I really wanted to find out more information about if the three of them have had a lot of sex. And I couldn't. Mm. And uh, there is a quote later on that I'll get into about how she really thinks that falling in love and the idea of love is terrifying and horrifying and that's not something she would ever want. So I'm assuming that it's not. Hmm. But she has been working with this married couple since the beginning of her career. And so when you hear Enya's songs, even though she's the one that does play all of the instruments and sings all of it, she has worked with these two people, this husband and wife, and also lived with them for a long time. In creating all of it. But they don't live in the castle with her? No. I'm going to ask a lot of questions about the I, castle. No, this is, this is what we're doing. That's why it's just us girls. We're just kicking it around today. This is going to be a bit of a looser episode because we don't have no man keeping us in line. Yeah, we don't know how to do stuff without him around. No, I don't know oh, how to do anything enough. without him holding him back. Enya the triumvirate. <laughs> has sold 75 million records. They have won four Grammy Awards and six World Music Awards and earned Oscar and Golden Globe nominations for their work in the Lord of the Rings soundtrack, which, of course, is sung in Elvish. How do we not get props to these people? She is seriously so perfect for Lord of the Rings, especially if you go back and look through all of her old music videos. They all sort of look like Ren fairs, yeah. and I am here for it. I, I love it. I need more flowing sleeves. Me too. I it made me in watching these interviews. I wanted to start talking like this, so she has the kind of presence that you want to get closer to. Are you, you are you Irish? Yeah, yeah. It's I am. Oh wait, you mean in real life? Yes. <laughs> no, I know we're we're like a very small amount of Irish. I'm a lot Irish. Yeah, how do you feel about any of them representing your people? I didn't know I was that Irish until I gave my blood to the government and they uh, told me about it. But um, I'm excited because maybe we're cousins. You could and then be. let me into that castle. I want to get into the, the the security measures are outstanding. To get inside of the castle, but if we're if we're family, if when you hear your family, family, if you do, if you throw an Olive Garden theme at her, maybe she'd pick up on it. But yeah. honestly, I'm gonna throw it out there. I don't know if she knows that theme. I don't know if she knows the slogan of Olive Garden. I'm I'm gonna go with she does not know it. She's never purchased an album in her life. She's never bought music before. What do you think she does all day? I think she putters. I think that she she says outside because inside of the castle. I will get to it. We'll get to it. Let's start right, at the beginning. All right, all right. We got to start at the beginning. Also, I just wanted you guys to know that Enya has sung in ten languages, including English, Irish, Latin, Welsh, Spanish, French, and Japanese. Also, including the language that her partner made up, Loxian, as well as Elven, which they had to expound upon in the Tolkien universe. Nuts. Wait, what? Her part? Her partner made a language up? Oh, girl. We're gonna get there. Okay. She sings in their own made up language. 
So in his childhood, uh, bear with me, guys, because I may or may not have looked up how to phonetically say a lot of these things, and I'm going to work on it. Let me just go for it without any practice. You want to do it? I wrote it out. The a It looks like this. Enya Pargin was born on May 17th, 1961. Man, that's her name? Enya I didn't even know what I was reading. Nibreyan. Wow. And she was born in 1961 in Guider. Ireland, I believe is how you say it. The fifth of nine children, Enya Patricia Brennan, which is the anglicized version of her name, spent her rural Irish upbringing learning music. So she said it in an interview with Rosie O'Donnell. She said the name Enya is based on a goddess in Irish mythology who was not to marry because her husband was to eventually kill her father. So her father sent her away to this remote island. But alas, she met somebody and then it happened. According to Enya, she was named by her grandfather, not her father. But isn't that weird how it is kind of what ended up happening with her life? Except that her father passed away, but of natural causes, not that uh, she had a partner that killed him. Because her father, she, <laughs> are you okay? Yeah, I'm just are, is, your, is your name, is your, I feel like your brain is broken because of her Gaelic name, because it it is all, uh, it's all over the place. Um, yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. I'm taking in a lot of information. It's a lot. Her father, Leo Brennan, ran Leo's Tavern in Minalak a pub and restaurant that featured traditional Irish music sessions, including those of his family. And he was also the leader of an Irish show band called Sleeve Foy Band. Sleeve. Sleeve Foy Band. She said, during my childhood, there was so much music happening around me. That is a great influence on me. My parents, my grandparents, they were involved in music. I come from a very big family and I have very happy memories of my childhood. So this is actually where the family band, Clonad comes in because Clonad would perform at Leo's Tavern. Oh, this is a bit of a Selena. It is. They all work together. They all played a bunch of different instruments. She's from a long line of traditional Irish music. Interesting. So in an interview of Enya, the writer Luke Clancy expounds, if it were not for these good, firm family roots planted in the Donegal soil, it might indeed be possible to believe that the mysterious velvet-clad singer was simply a figment of somebody's technologically romantic imagination. What? Her mother, Moya. She was an amateur musician and taught music oh, at the- Oh, let me the, try, let me try. Please. Poor Balescoil goeth doorbar. Pobuskolgaidor school. That is how you, I, it wow. is, you know what I, Jackie, that was really was good. Was that good? I think that's, I mean, it seems that that's how you say it. And uh, so she taught, so her mother taught music. And also Gaelic is Enya's first language. She says, because it's my first language, I'm extremely comfortable when it comes to being myself with it. I can express myself so much better in Gaelic. So she writes, when she is writing with Roma Ryan, she writes most of her music in Gaelic. Because that is how she feels that she can express herself the best. Huh. At 11, Enya's grandfather paid for her education at a strict convent boarding school in Milford, where she developed a taste for classical music, art, Latin, and watercolor painting. It was devastating to be torn away from such a large family, but it was good 
for my music. Is she the only girl who's ever gone to a convent boarding school and didn't just start smoking cigarettes and learn about her lesbian love affairs? Or am I just thinking of Cinemax movies? I think that you are, but also I've seen all of those Cinemax movies and I like those the best. Yeah. No, she says, I remember my brothers and sisters playing outside and I would be inside playing the piano. This one big book of scales practicing them over and over. I never thought of myself composing or being on stage. She wanted to be a piano teacher. So this is someone that forever has been a bit of a recluse. Has stayed away from a lot of the childhood follies, as you will. And she plays the majority of the instruments on her albums, which seems that she has taught herself how to play a lot of these instruments. So a lot of the things that uh, whether a lot of them I got from interviews of Enya, but then it is conjecture about things like that. Is she just naturally good at it? The fact that she can just pick up most instruments that you would think that in listening to Enya, you think that a lot of it is done by computers, and it's not. They do it all in a practical world. I mean, this is like that this is, is wild. The, the dark crystal of music. It. Is, I mean, it is. It. It doesn't sound like somebody is playing a bunch of instruments. It sounds like a synthesizer is doing all of it. Wait, yeah. That sounds like an insult, and I didn't mean it that way. No, just because it is so cohesive. It's so it's so precise that it's almost inhuman. I, it, that's why I'm so obsessed with it, because it is when people joke around, and I get it, it, this music is not for everybody. I know that hands down. But listening to it, it's like, how do you not get, like, an angelic feel it does sound like if heaven were real it sounds like what you would hear if you were in heaven maybe that's why i have i have a maybe a controversial reaction to let's it. hear it it makes me really angry <laughs> like i don't know if it's because i just grew up as a an american child who was raised on sugar and caffeine but i can't I can't handle how calm she is the whole time. I'm just like, don't you know? Don't you know how horrible the world is? I Maybe can't you listen just to you. Be a little bit more like Enya, Natalie. Oh. <laughs> I do. Henry and I make a lot of jokes about what song we would be playing in the car when we had like a nervous breakdown. And just started taking people out, and I do feel like mine could be Enya. I get it. I'm just in the car, like. <laughs> Just, slam, slam, slam. Just, ta- slam. just taking people out. And, and it's just Anya going, oh, 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 sail away, sail away. And I'm going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just killing people left and right. I mean, you know, I completely understand where you're coming from. But I do res- I do un- respect it. I think she's a badass and I want inside the castle. I want to be inside of the castle and again we need to figure out a way if we are actually now through marriage if we are related to her and yeah. we gotta figure this out mm-hmm. and if you guys if you're listening and you know a way for us to become friends with, I'm down to become friends with Enya like I'm down to just chill to. and have a convo and eat some I guess chicken and <laughs> I think that we would just have a really good conversation you know chickens <laughs> I guess I mean, she wants chicken food. I mean I guess I guess if she wants me to eat chicken, I'll do it in the for the first time in fifteen years. I'll eat meat for Enya. For Enya, wow. I've put that out on air. 
Whoa. She'll All right. Me well, now there. we got to figure it out. Okay. Because she has loved music from a very young age. She was started on stage at three and a half years old because she comes from this huge family of musicians. She says, I find that I've stayed true to that sort of feeling. I never wanted the success or the fame to lose the sense of my love to the music. This is a recurring thing in her life is that I think that it is the fear that anything from the outside will affect how she makes her music. She wants to make her music the way she wants to make it, and what it sounds like is exactly what she wants, and she wants nobody fucking with that. I respect. Respect, Mm -hmm. man. So this all starts in the family band that she became a part of. It's called Clonid. Clonid, I believe, is still around. The word Clonid is loosely translated to mean family and this is where the relationship she has with Nikki Ryan and Roma Ryan begins. Now Clonin is an internationally famous Irish folk singing group created by Enya's eldest sister, her two older brothers, and her twin uncles. Now her older sister, Moya Brennan, was the lead singer of Clonid and is considered the first lady of Celtic music. Wow. She's been nominated for two Grammys and won an Emmy Award as part of the team involved in a two-part American documentary on Irish music. This is like I mean, this is the the real shit. This is this is exactly what I think Ireland is, which Seems like a cliche, but apparently it's just it's really not. this way. They are regarded as the pioneers of popular Celtic music. They have a traditional folk background in Irish music that was updated that would define the meaning of New Age and Celtic music forever. So that's, I mean, later on you'll find out because Enya doesn't like being called New Age. She doesn't think that she, she doesn't is. like it. When asked if she considers her music New Age, she said no. And she said, well, then what is it? And she goes, it's Enya. <laughs> I love her. Uh, I love her. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In 1975, <laughs> Nicky Ryan was introduced to Clonid, and he became the sound engineer. Then in 1976, he became Clonid's new manager, along with his wife, Roma Ryan, after their previous manager departed. So Nicky Ryan is an Irish music producer, recording engineer, and manager. He is best known as the longtime business and recording partner for the singer, songwriter, and musician Enya alongside his wife. So Roma Ryan, like I said, is the primary lyricist for Enya and eventually will also be the poet responsible for making up a language called Loxian, which is a lot of what there's a couple of albums where Enya sings almost solely in Loxian, which is not only the language, but the culture that she created. Okay, so her partner is the wife. Is the wife of Nikki Ryan, yes. So okay, they, are ma- okay. they are married, and they just have always done their music together. I mean, okay, 
You think I, they? You think they do? You think they have it? Do you think they make it? I'm not going to try to classify any sexuality. It is not for me. But creating it, uh, like fantastical language together does seem romantic to me. Right? If you're making, I mean, let alone making music together, but making a culture together, yeah. How do you not at least? Writhe around on the floor naked a couple of times. I mean, you have to just to get into the zone. Yeah, that's it. You get into the Enya zone. <laughs> yeah. You, you. In 1980, Nikki Ryan persuaded Enya to join Clonid with her siblings and twin uncles. So at this point in time, she was in college. But Nikki Ryan asked her to join with the aim of expanding their sound by incorporating keyboards and another backup vocalist. Nikki Ryan says... Enya was still going to college at that time, but I knew of her interest in keyboards, and I knew she was good. I also knew that she had an excellent voice with an impressive range. I thought by introducing Enya into Clonid that we'd add not only a new vocal texture, but also make the group more interesting and more interested in what they were doing. Also, since she was a member of the family, I didn't think there would be any personality hassles. Spoiler alert, there were. So he brings Enya in, and then he starts realizing that the work he really wanted to be doing was with Enya. He says, I used to show Enya what we wanted in terms of background stuff for Clonid, what I wanted her to play, how the strings should feel at a certain point, and so on. And we found ourselves working together during the spare time we had on tour. They had to have been fucking. I began right? to notice that she had an awful lot to offer in her own right and wasn't getting any airing in the group. So why did they stop working with Clonid in 1982? She only worked with the family band for two years. Twas the drink that did him in. Oh, but you know, see, the, I don't think you can make the good music, the, especially with all that sadness and stuff, without some family drama. Family drama. Mm -hmm. So Nikki Ryan says we had a fallout. It was one guy who was going too far with the drink. I gave them an ultimatum. I called it the Geneva Conference. We were in Geneva at the time. Uh, I, isn't that funny? Hey. Isn't that like a World War something joke? Um, yeah, it's some kind of something battle. in there. Um, wow. So wait, but they don't know which guy? Well, they, they, it's one of the uncles, but they, oh, he they didn't, didn't want to like, say oh, which well, uncle it was. Oh, well, that's very kind. And he said, I knew what the outcome would be. I said, it's either him or me. And they said, it's you. You're out because he's our brother. In front of me, they said to Enya, it's up to you whether you go with the Ryans and be nobody or stay with us and be a star. She said, I'm going with Nikki and Roma. And so Claudette went on to keep making amazing music, but then Enya broke off and started working with the Ryans instead. So she chose to work with Nikki because they she wanted to work on the vocal harmony. So now what we hear in Enya's music, the like the when I said the 500 tracks, it's yeah. referred to as multi-vocals, which is something that Nikki Ryan really wanted to be doing because he was influenced by the Beach Boys and the wall of sound technique that Phil Spector had pioneered. And he wanted to make it, but in very different music. Uh. She says, when I'm doing multi-vocal, it's different than doing lead vocal because it's very hypnotic. Singing the same part over and over makes you really get involved. Yeah, it's almost with like it. she's trying to hypnotize people with her music. I do feel hypnotized by it. What is she trying to get out of that hypnotize? I mean, I know it I know it pushes you pushes you into like a, a rage of sorts. Yeah. And I get that, but I was listening to it the other night. And um, I just put on all my creams, and I was laying in bed in my robe, and I was just sitting with my with my headphones on, listening to it and staring at the ceiling, and I was just like, oh, 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 and just making sounds to myself. And you know what? 
I felt fucking great. <laughs> I, I would love great. to see a video of that. <laughs> um, but that is actually where I think it's fitting. If I heard it in a spa, I'd be down for that. Yeah. It's the fact that if you add that music to society, <laughs> which is most of the time horrifying mind-boggling don't try to calm me down no. it's like it is like the musical version of somebody going calm down yes it is calm stop just relax that you want to sh- it is it's like a you want to shake it to death almost yeah, yeah it's yeah. the holden of music yeah kind of i also said it was the dark crystal music i'm making a lot of re- re- metaphors metaphors over here <laughs> so for the next two years so any at this point moves in with the Ryans. Again, Him. we don't know what is happening between the three of them, but whatever it is, it's magic because she was practicing her music skills and recorded a selection of demos. So this was around the time that Nikki Ryan, who had also worked as a contract or carpenter for a while, starts literally building their studio in the back of their house and they started calling it the Egla Studio. Egla means eagle in French. So... <laughs> I know you guys are wondering, like, what does it mean? Egla. What oh, does it mean? How will I sleep tonight? It's it's the word for eagle in French. I think it's really nice that you told us that. Thank, Thank you. you. Enya sold her saxophone and gave piano lessons, and the Ryans used what they could afford from their savings to build the recording facility. Now, this is where they would record for a couple of years until they would build Egla again, Egla music, inside of her castle and that was in 1983 so this is when they start making these demos they send out a bunch of so roma ryan the lyricist was like i think that your music would actually do really well with a visual accompaniment which is like you were talking about with the music videos Mm -hmm. it really does aiden it it gives it music videos in general do i love a music i love a music video Mm -hmm. so they sent it out to a bunch of different producers and a one producer david putnam was an executive producer that was working on a movie called the frog prince and he chose her to compose the entire soundtrack for the frog prince which is a british and french romantic comedy written directed by brian gilbert about a young British girl who travels to Paris to go to college and is determined to find a man it, of it, her dreams. Young British girl oh, who yes. just travels and sail away. No, that sail away's not on that one. No, not yet. But Enya did write nine tracks for the film. But she found out that her songs were rearranged and orchestrated against her wishes by Uh-oh. Richard Myhill, except for two of the tracks she sang on, which were titled The Frog Prince and Dreams. And that pissed her yeah, off again if there's one thing you take away from this don't fuck with Enya's music Ooh. she gives you what she gives you and it should stay like that so this is really where it starts for her to uh realizing she doesn't want anyone else having any control over her music whatsoever so the movie was released in 1985 and the album is the first commercial release that credits her as Enya she was so originally her name in Gaelic it is spelled E I T H N E which looks like Ethne 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 and it was Ricky it was Nikki Ryan that actually told her to change her name to the phonetic spelling so that people outside of Ireland wouldn't be confused I mean I get it Ethne yeah, Americans aren't gonna no. fuck with that. I, I, what is Ethne? I don't get it. I don't like she it. She sounds like a fucking angel. And she does. <laughs> 
And this is where Enya gets her huge break. So in 1985, producer Tom Michaele commissioned Enya to write a song for the six-part BBC2 television documentary, The Celts. She already had written a Celtic-influenced song named The March of the Celts Mm. and submitted it to the project. But what ends up happening is that they like the song so much that they actually ask her to compose the entire soundtrack for the series. So The Celts, Rich Traditions and Ancient Myths is a 1987 documentary series that examines the origins, growth, and influence of Celtic culture in Great Britain. I don't ever think of her as a soundtrack person, but she is so, she is perfect for scoring. She's so, it's, because it does, it creates an environment, it creates a mood, it creates a feel. Not for everything. No, but like the Moors. Yeah, and all of this kind of stuff. Hell yeah, I want to listen to the fuck out of that. And uh, so unlike the Frog Prince, Enya worked with little interference, which granted her freedom to establish her sound that she adopted throughout her career, using multi-tracked vocals, keyboards, and percussion with elements of Celtic, classical, church, and folk music. So off of the album, I Want Tomorrow was released as Enya's first single. So this is the beginning. And I love, I I did write, oh yeah, Bodicea was sampled by the Fugees, on their 1996 oh, song shit. Ready or Not oh. The group neither sought permission Uh-oh. Nor gave her credit That's like guess what Causing Enya to threaten legal action The group subsequently gave her credit And paid a fee worth around Three million I mean it's fair You you can't just take some Sample somebody's song And also what you Again she, I think that Enya is just so seen as like Oh whatever She's just over there, like, doing her thing. Like, she's this kind of person, Since so we're just yeah. going to take from Oh, exactly. It. And she's sort of more... You see her in music videos and stuff, but she's more of an entity than, like, a, a personality. So you're just like, oh, this is like... A computer made this, right? Yeah, so I'm just going to take it. No, 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 no. And as much as Enya likes to be... To have a step back from society and from pop culture and things like that, bitch is still aware of what's going on. Can we, can we drop in a little bit of Ready or Not? Because... I can't picture in my brain, in my ear eyes, I can't picture the yes. sound of it. Mary, can you please play back to back a clip from Ready or Not as well as Bodicea? Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Gonna find you. Isn't it flirty fairy haunted? I wrote down flirty fairy haunted. Oh yeah, it's flirty fairy haunted. Yes, I love that. It's flirty fairy haunted, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it does. It gives. I see. I guess it's another part of it, and why I think I like any music so much is that I don't see it as much all the time as something that is trying to calm me down. A lot of it is haunting, and I think I see it more of a haunting angle I from do, some of I it. I do love the haunting aspect, and there are certain songs of hers that I like more that not all of her songs make me angry and i actually think sail away is a great song um and i do think the you video mean orinoco flow oh yeah i keep forgetting that's not the name of it. i mean it, everyone it may as well be sail away so now we are heading into the big first enya album so a couple of weeks after the debut of her first album enya was approached by rob dickens the the head of warner music uk he was a fan of Clonid and took a liking to Enya and found himself playing the debut album every night before he went to bed. 
So he then decided to meet up with Enya and the Ryans at a chance meeting at the Irish Recorded Music Association award ceremony in Dublin. He learned that Enya was thinking about signing with a rival label. <gasps> Dickens seized the opportunity and signed her to Warner Music with a deal worth 75,000 pounds, granting her wish to write and record with artistic freedom, minimal interference from the label, and without set deadlines to finish albums. That's nuts. For a uh... second album that he essentially, he's like, I'm going to give you all this money. Don't sign with them. Sign with me. And you essentially can do whatever you want to do. That's like Prince's dream. It is. Like, that's why it's crazy that she was given this opportunity and that and she runs with it. Dickens said, sometimes you sign an act to make money and sometimes you sign an act to make music. This was clearly the latter. I just wanted to be involved with this music. And Enya had said, 1988 was a very different time. Even signing a record contract for me, an unknown artist signing with Warner Music UK, I said that I needed three years between each album. So she just straight up was like, I need at least three years between each album. She said, you wouldn't get that kind of contract today. I was very excited about being signed for a solo album, but I still also thought, I can't do an album a year if that's what they expect. I was always thinking about the music man can you just okay so during those time periods she's just sitting in her castle no she's on the castle yet not in the castle yet she's but just, she's sitting in the house with her couple friends mm -hmm. just hours a day going like oh no mm. oh. honestly mm. she does it all alone oh, she does all of that oh, part of it almost completely alone and like nikki ryan will like come in every once in a while Wow. So she just sits and does it alone. All day. Yes, all day. And then we'll like play it back and listen to it and then play it back and listen. So it's like, that's why it takes so long for her to do it is because she wants no help. I know it's all wrong. And I don't know if she's ever um, had that amount of emotion, but maybe oh, she has. Right. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that's not how she reacts. Let, let, let's oh, do it again. No. Let's do it again. She said she has cited her musical foundations as the classics, and also she's huge into Sergei Rachmaninoff, her favorite composer. Rachmaninoff is wonderful. It is. Yes. And you recorded Watermark from June 1987 to April of 1988. It reached number five in the United Kingdom and number 25 on the Billboard 200 in the United States following its release in January of 1989. So now is the time, Natalie. In the Orinoco Flow. Its lead single, Orinoco Flow, was the last song written for the album. It was not intended to be a single at first, but Enya and the Ryans chose it after Dickens asked for a single from them several times as a joke, knowing Enya's music was not made for the top 40 chart. Fuck you, bitch. Guess what? It is made mm -hmm. for the top 40 chart. And Orinoco is the studio where they recorded part of the song. Oh! And then we as, as a generation knew that song largely from, I think it's Caribbean Cruise Line? One of the cruise lines always had it on their commercial. Well, and that's the thing too, is that in, and you see this throughout Enya's career, she wasn't above having her music used for advertisements. For that. that is where a lot of her music came from. Girl gotta get a castle. And What's also, she gonna do? And it's her complete her creation. So why not make as much money as you Fuck can? Yeah, off of girl, it? you get that money. 
And this is so this is around the time that people were really trying to push her to do more interviews or big promotions. So she was down to sell off the songs, but she actually viewed fame and success as two very different things. Mm -hmm. She didn't want to be famous. She doesn't want to be famous, which is why she likes how much mistake mystery like is Sia. out there. Yes. Yeah. It, it, she just wants to be the one making the music mm -hmm. and not have to deal with anyone else. She said, I was 27 at the time that she signed the contract. I was really excited about the music and therefore I asked questions about the interviews and the promotions that I was doing. I'd say, what does this entail? Does it focus on the music or is it going to make me more famous? And sometimes when it was more focused on me, I actually would refuse because I didn't feel the necessity. I wasn't looking for the fame. It was more the success that I enjoyed, which is also why at this point in time, Enya says that Warner Music and she did not see eye to eye initially as the label imagined her performing on stage with a piano, maybe two or three synthesizer players, and that's it. But she didn't think that it would properly capture her music. But so far, Enya has played all the instruments on her records. But now, Nikki Ryan, nowadays... Wait, so she's... I'm sorry. She's never... Never. Performed live ever? She's performed live on some award shows uh, a couple of times. She performed live in Japan one time, but she's never toured. Wow. And now Nikki Ryan would not rule out using an orchestra to create a backdrop for Enya, something that might eventually allow her to play live since times and concerts have changed since 1988. Yeah, Naturally, now she's like, thinking about it. Yeah, like nowadays it would be a lot easier for her to pull off what she wanted. Yeah. It's weird to think about her as a 27-year-old. I, for some reason, always envision her as being 45. Yes. I think it might be the haircut. And also the porcelain skin. Oh, yeah. She doesn't look old. No. She just looks mature. She looks timeless. Yeah. Like an elven person Whoa. in Lord of the Rings. So with these success, so, so Warner Music really wanted her to tour. But essentially, Watermark with Orinoco Flow on it was such a huge success and made them so much money that Warner Music changed their tune and was like, you know what? Maybe you don't need to tour because she had already surpassed her sales and what was expected for the second album just in the first album. Damn. So if you're making that kind of money and you don't want to tour, which is actually Enya talks about Adele a lot and she has a lot of respect for Adele because very oh. similarly, Adele is way more focused on music and now also doesn't tour anymore. She hasn't toured in years and has decided she will never tour again, which, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll but, see about that. But she's never purchased an Adele album? No. I think she's listened to it before, but she said her specifically has never purchased an album before. I feel as though she should purchase the album. She might be the album. Uh, who's to say maybe the Ryans purchase a lot of music? And maybe that's, that's she, I think true. that's really what it is. And they seem to all have morphed into... She's not just on a torrent site download <laughs> like ah screw you Metallica <laughs> although I would love to see her that angry about Metallica so when Enya was asked why she was so cut off from being a public persona even though Watermark had gone so well at this point she said I think we cut ourselves off from the music scene because we felt it would be a negative influence our music was very different and we'd had no success at that stage so we deliberately didn't seek or want anyone else's opinion even now I think if I got caught up in the glitzy entertainment world, my music would suffer. I just feel that I have more to say with my music than by going on a series of talk shows. I respect. 
I, you know, I guess it's mad respect. I think that it does come off as bitchy. Oh, sure. But I do respect the idea. I just, I think that I've never felt that seriously about anything in my life. No. You know what I mean? No, I have never, ever felt like that about anything. But I respect her decision to do that. And I do think she's right in that her music is so mystical that to put a normal person in front of it would make something go it's it's less magical and i think about it myself that i think about negative comments that we get and you obsess over every little negative comment so she just chooses to keep away from all of it and then it doesn't interfere with anything so i guess she's right but i don't think i could ever push myself away from society that much no one's ever made a bad comment about any of us. You're right. I that don't know I, what you're talking about. I, I am the liar here. I got to make up some kind of lie. I'm living as a recluse. <laughs> and next up is Shepherd Moons. Ooh, Shepherd Moons. Oh. Everyone is excited about Shepherd Moons. Oh. She was so obsessed with how well Watermark had gone that she just said, I kept thinking, would this have gone on Watermark? Is this as good? Eventually, I had to forget about this and start on a blank canvas and just go with what felt right. Now, Shepard Moons won Enya her first Grammy Award for Best New Age Album in 1993. And this is where this is the first time she'd gotten up this high. According to Enya, Angelus from Shepard Moons has roughly 500 vocals recorded individually and layered. Enya performs all vocals and the majority of instruments in her songs apart from musicians to play percussion, guitar, Yulean pipes, cornet, and double bass. Yulean pipes? Yulean? Hmm. Are you laying down? Are you standing up? <laughs> it's Jackie. <laughs> it's, it's Jackie. Please, <laughs> Natalie, it's Jackie. There was going through a tour of Enya's recording studio in the castle, and apparently there's a giant piece of glass etched with the cover of Shepherd Moons in the studio, which is on the Ryan's estate. And Nikki Ryan said about it, Radio City Music Hall sent this to her in the hope she would do 15 concerts there. But she didn't. <laughs> I just love that. They're like, I mean, maybe you do it? And they're like, no. And they're like, oh, what if we give you a lot of money? No. Thanks Bye. for the money, though. Bye. Bye. Uh, we are skipping over. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm skipping over some albums. We're skipping here to there she for some of it. She has a lot of, of songs. It. She has a lot. For someone that only puts out albums every three years, sometimes up to seven years, it's a lot because each one and just how much time she puts into each one. So the memory of trees, this was after Shepherd Moons, and you started to write and record her fourth album, The Memory of Trees, four year gap between the albums. She said, we didn't plan that there would be such a gap between Shepherd Moons and the Memory of Trees toward the end of Memory of Trees. she was so busy playing Nintendo. She's just, I mean, she's just shitting around. Yeah. If there's one thing I know about it, you're shitting around. <laughs> She's not sitting around, she's <laughs> shitting around. <laughs> she said, I felt really quite anxious because there had been quite a gap and I didn't know what to expect. Because of the way I work, each time is kind of like your first album. But I think that that's good for the work because you're able to concentrate on the album without having distractions. Putting a date on it would be dangerous for me. So, Memory of Trees, Memory of Trees. What happens after Memory of Trees? She is offered 
to compose the score for Titanic. I immediately think of Titanic. Some for some reason, when I think of Enya, I, maybe it's because the Celine Dion song sounds a bit like Enya. But and there's a lot of that sound in the score. Yes. Yeah. Because interesting enough. James Cameron, when he had offered to Enya to compose the entire score for Titanic, which she did obviously decline, what ended up happening is James Cameron went to Clonid, and Clonid <gasps> made a good amount of the music. What? On, yeah, right? Going behind her back, which also I don't think Enya had any problems with because she didn't want to do it. And why didn't she want to do it? She said, I was sent a script, and they were actually working with some of my music as they were filming. James Cameron, he approached and sent the script, but what happened was when we were talking about the end song, it was to be a collaboration, and that's something I've actually never done. I felt I get to write the song, I sing. I've always written the melodies, so I find it kind of strange. And I was working on an album, so I just said it wasn't going to happen if it's a collaboration. So essentially, Enya was like, I'm not working with Celine. Go fuck yourself, so it James was Cameron. It was meant to be a collaboration between Celine and her. And she was supposed to do the rest of the songs in Titanic and then just do the end song as a collaboration. And she still wouldn't do it. That's a I lot did. of that's a lot of female energy in one room with Dude. Celine and Enya. I don't know. I think it'd be like the Clash of the Titans. I know. Gahonies, gahonies, gahonies for days. Two very skinny women oh, who are man. very frightening. You imagine the sound of their bones as they just <laughs> slack next to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who would reign victor at the end. Imagine them just, just chest slapping at each other for who was like going to get the high fight. note. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a Remax agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. Remax is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study, each office independently owned and operated. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But so she didn't do Titanic. But well, I mean, they did fine. The Celine song is one of the like most famous songs of all time. Yeah. And you know what? Good for Klanus for getting that Titanic money. Dude. Woo. Yeah, they are also killing it. And so this is why I, I love this term. So Enya doesn't tour, and she never has toured. She submits to minimal press. She takes up to seven years between albums, yet she has sold a total of 80 million records and is one of a dwindling group whose records people are willing to actually buy. Her success so deeply contradicts accepted industry wisdom that it's inspired a term, Enyanomics, to describe it. Because it doesn't make any sense that she is worth so much Money. That's a term used in the music industry? I think that it's just like, I think it's a, Who's I guess. using Enyanomics? I'm using Enyanomics. I'm doing Enyanomics. Boop, boop. I'm a billionaire. 
Boop and Yanomics. I'm a billionaire. I'm gonna start. It's Jackie, okay? <laughs> I really like your your foley for what it sounds like when you turn into a billionaire. <laughs> so gentle, right? It's you know because it's Enyanomics, baby. So Enya is seldom seen outside. Now it's time, guys. She's seldom seen outside the walls of her castle. It's time for castle talk. Put up the bridge and get your mic. We're going to have an Enya time. (laughs) And we're going to castle because it's Manderley Castle. So Enya lives in Manderley Castle. We're both very hungover today. It's getting really silly. <laughs> also, because Holden's on here to be like, oh, we got to get all the things. I'm going by pages of notes <laughs> because I want to get to the meat. I want to keep you guys interested in Enya. So Enya lives in the castle. She lives in Manderlake Castle just outside of Dublin. She lives next door to Bono. And she bought it in 1997 for more than three million pounds. Of course she lives next door to Bono. And and they see each other all the time. And everyone's like, oh, how is Bono? And she's like, he's just a dude. And we see each other a lot. Does he also have a castle? He also has a castle. So their oh, castles are next door to each other's <sighs> castles. And rumor has it that she outbid Michael Flatley for the castle. Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance. Lord of the Dance. And I just like, how... Irish can the story be? Like, how much more Irish can it and get? And more cliche. It's insane. Those are the only Irish people I can think of. I mean, for the most part, except for Aidan Quinn, but I think that he is technically American. So, Manderley Castle is formerly Victoria Castle. So, she says, the exterior of the castle was built in 1840 in honor of the young queen and called Victoria Castle. It was placed on the hill, and he was hoping to entice Queen Victoria to come to visit. It was her second year on the throne. She pauses like a good storyteller, but she never came. No! So, Enya... <laughs> That's an Enya move. That is it. I mean, it's an Enya move. So, Enya renamed it Manderley Castle. This was after it had been owned by a whiskey distributor that called it something else, but she named it Manderley Castle after the house in Daphne du Maurier's novel, Rebecca, which is also like the Alfred Hitchcock movie so she loves those oh shit yeah right go for her so we know now again she's a recluse and she's got this insane security detail why does she have such a crazy security detail because i do get it and not to be like this because i dig enya but i'm not listening to enya all the time but there's a lot of people that listen to enya all the time and specifically when you are listening to all these different languages and you get so wrapped up into it and they think that Enya is talking to them. Yeah. And they see things in the music and they hear her talking to them. Well, it's so ethereal. And it, Bjork has a lot of the same issues because she yes. also similarly has her, kind of her own dialogue. And it's so otherworldly. I, I can see how people would connect to it on some other level that's in, not healthy. In a creepy level. Yeah. So she's had a, a three big stalkers. Now, one stabbed himself in the neck after being thrown out of her parents' pub in 1997. 
Another Yikes. gained access to her castle in 2005 and tied up a maid, forcing Enya to flee to a panic room. Oh. Apparently, she has a whole floor oh. that is a panic room. Is her maid okay? The maid was okay. Oh, they, didn't, they didn't kill anybody. But Enya made a decision about how she would face them a long time ago. She says, in the beginning, it was strange. But after a while, I saw the other side. A person who cannot deal with certain parts of life. They're in a very unhappy place. Yeah. It's not really their fault, especially if they associate something disturbing with a song. I had a choice to either deal with it and move on or experience all that negativity every time. So I moved on. It does not spook me. It's not really about me. It's just that I'm a fixation and it could be anyone. A crazed yeah. Italian fan once trailed her for more than a year. And he, and then he, he was the one that had stabbed himself outside of Enya's parents' pub. Well, but now she's beeped up to security so bad or so insanely that she will not leave a house without a security guard at all times. That's, I mean, fair. And also, I think that was really eloquent the way she stated that. Because right? it is true. You You can't. If you end up being angry about those kind of situations, it's only going to affect you more negatively. And, mm -hmm. and those people are suffering. It's awful. Yeah. And I, I it, but it also just goes to show that in little parts of us, like, do we need to be a little bit more like Enya? That is a very zen response to something that is very scary. You know what? I, if I didn't have to drive in traffic every day, maybe I could be a little bit more like Anya. Right? I mean, so. and also just deal with both. If, again, if you could live in the castle and make Should your own music in the castle. Ireland? I'm down. It looks very beautiful because you can look up Mandrelay Castle and look on the inside of the castle and it's gorgeous. Um, it, But don't try to get inside. Don't I know go inside the castle. I, it sounds like I'm suggesting everybody try to go inside. What are you trying to do, Natalie? When you hear your family. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ireland. Uh, this also is a fun... Quote, because she also has always had lots of cats inside of her castle. She says, I love cats. At one stage, I had 12. It was just bliss. They'd all lie around in the sun and then come up and climb around my neck, which also sounds scary. Yeah. But um, she loves her cats. But it's like a witch thing, which is cool, because if I lived alone in a castle, I would want people to think I was a witch. Yeah. Um, why doesn't she just have 12 cats now? I I don't I, I I'm sure that she's got a good amount of cats roaming around I in that so. big castle of hers. And this is a really fun. This made me I think fall in love with Enya even more. So Enya's asked constantly about her sexual orientation, about if she's had a partner. So she was asked finally, was Enya ever looking for a relationship? And her quote was, falling madly in love and getting married would be the most horrific thing that could happen. <laughs> My affairs are with melody and words and beautiful sounds. I had partners, but I find long relationships. Well, how can I say it without appearing strange? Dot, 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 nothing. I'm just too <laughs> devoted to my music. Some people think it sounds sad, but believe me, I'm happy. I am my music. Well, you know what? Good Sing to me. It, it doesn't, right? It's like a little phantom of the oh, opera. Oh, yeah. Except at least he wanted to bang Christine. Yeah, she's not, I don't think she's making the music for, maybe Maybe there is a man who crawls around in her basement. Nikki and it's Ryan. A, it's a reverse phantom of the opera. It, it could be. I mean, they're the ones, because they, so essentially she goes over to their big house and they've built Egla Studios behind there. And so she just pretty much sees them. She's always hanging out with them. So and they have I read somewhere they have kids right so yeah. she is like a godparent to the kids there's like an actual family there so that's good she's at least around 
people people of some caliber and she does have all those siblings too that i believe are all still in the area and they they didn't like have a full falling out i think it seems that they didn't talk for a while after clonid Mm -hmm. which makes sense but i think that she because i mean even look at how she's talking about her stalkers i'm sure she got past it uh, now we got to talk about a day without rain. Who can see when the dead man? I don't know the words. To I don't it. either. I, I just know only time. Who can say? I know that. No, I know. I know that part. So, in a departure from her previous albums, she incorporated the use of a string section into her compositions, something that was not a conscious decision at first. But Enya and Nikki Ryan agreed. It complemented the songs that were written. The album was released in November of 2000 and reached number six in the UK. And the initial peak of number 17 in the United States. But then Only Time became the most played song of 2001 because in the aftermath of the September 11th attacks, sales of the album and its lead single Only Time surged after the song was widely used during radio and television coverage of the event, leading to a description as a post-September 11th anthem. Now, I was trying to figure out how or why it was chosen as such, but I think that it, it just because it's haunting. I guess. I, I mean, it definitely is because it sounds like ghosts a little bit. And I have definitely cried to it. Yeah, it's very times. sad. And there was a release of a maxi single containing the original and a pop remix of Only Time. Only Time, Only Time, Only Time, who can say Only Time? That's what I imagine the pop remix sounded like. <laughs> I don't think it actually <laughs> did. <laughs> that's just your guess? Yeah, that's my guess. <laughs> Enya did announce that she would donate the total royalty earnings from her single Only Time to the Uniformed Firefighters Association's Widows and Children's Fund. Mary, I would really like to hear Only Time pop remix, please, because I need to know. Oh, yeah, baby. Talk about a pop remix. That is interesting. (laughs) Additionally, Warner Brothers Records, the artist recording company, contributed its earnings from the sale of the song to the same organization that she had sent to. I believe that she also comes from, I think that there are firefighters in her family, which is why she chose this organization. She said, my hope is that in some small way, these funds can help to alleviate the concerns facing the families in the aftermath of 9-11 and other families of firefighters who have been affected by a tragic loss of life. Enya said, my thanks go out to the UFA for all their efforts in helping these families. So Day Without Rain remains Enya's biggest seller. So then the entire album just went buck wild. It it was her biggest seller, even though her next decision was doing Lord of the Rings. Enya agreed to write and perform on two tracks for the soundtrack of the Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, at the request of director Peter Jackson. I love again that the director, which is usually not necessarily in charge of getting I'm assuming of getting the soundtrack made for a movie that came to her to make the songs James, yeah James Cameron and Peter Jackson are definitely two of the directors who would want complete control and would be able to have complete control over that but yeah a lot of times directors aren't it's really the, a lot of times the producers who insist on yeah these things and um, now composer yeah. Howard Shore imagined her voice as he wrote the film score, making an uncommon exception to include another artist in one of his soundtracks. Usually he just, he's a solo worker, which, you know, I'm sure that Enya respects. <laughs> now, well, after- but just, so she didn't have to 
the issue with the collaboration stuff on Lord of the Rings then. But that was just, I think it's because she didn't have to sing it with anyone. Got it. It was just the composing. And I think that was more Nikki Ryan's territory. So they were able to iron all that out. Cool, cool. cool so cool. Enya flies to New Zealand to watch the filming and to watch a rough cut of the film. So And then Enya returned to Ireland and composed Anuron, theme for Aragon and Arwen, with lyrics by Roma in J.R.R. Tolkien's fictional Elvish language, Sindarin, and May It Be, sung in English and another token language, Kenya a constructed language based on Greek, Latin, and Finnish. So she's singing in Elvish, made-up language. She's singing in Quenya. I think that's how you pronounce Qu- it. Quenya? 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 Q-U-E-N-Y-A, the constructed language based on Greek, Latin, and Finnish. So Roma Ryan had to bulk out these songs because, of course, they're like the entire language is written by J.R.R. Tolkien. So using that, they were able to write the songs. Now, how does Enya feel about her songs being in different languages, knowing that a good amount of her audience won't understand the lyrics? She says a lot of people never know what the lyrics are about if I'm singing in Gaelic or Latin or Spanish, yet people can still sense the emotion in a performance. They don't care what the words are about. They just want to experience the whole song. I would say that's definitely accurate with Enya's music. Yes. People aren't, you know, learning all of the lyrics and singing along. They're just listening and kind of being... I'm drugged. Yes. Yeah. And and, and hypnotized by it, which is why it makes so much sense. Because if you listen to Amaratine, which is her next album, that you don't know what she's saying. And that is because this is where Loxian is born. It is the first instance of Enya singing in Loxian, which is a fictional language created by Roma that came about when Enya was working on Water Shows The Hidden Heart. After numerous attempts to sing the song in English, Irish, and Latin, Roma suggested a new language based on some of the sounds Enya would sing along to when developing her songs. So essentially, when they were writing, Enya would be working on the music, and before Roma would write the lyrics, she'd just be in there like, and then trying to formulate of how they were going about it. So Roma's writing these lyrics for her, and she's trying, and it's just not working. So... She said, when we were working on Amaratine, we had just previously worked on Lord of the Rings and I sung in Elvish to add to the Gaelic and the Latin. It was Elvish. And there's a particular song, The River Sings, and we couldn't find the right language to sing in. That's where Roma said, you know what? Because she had studied the Elvish language and she could follow how Tolkien had created the fictional language. She said, you know, I'm going to have a go at doing fictional language. And we went, great. In the studio, if anybody has an idea, it's why not and great. There's never an, are you sure? So they're just going with it. So what does Roma Ryan do? Because she's also a poet. She created a also a culture and history behind Loxian. It surrounds about what surrounds the Loxian people who are of another planet, questioning the existence of life on another. What she did I'm was, tired just hearing that. I know, it's so much work for an album. Just sing it in English. But this is fucking cool. I I'm think it's kind of badass. You're never going to get a castle. But mm. maybe you might, maybe a tiny castle. Okay. Like a tiny home castle? Yeah. I'll oh my it. God, you want to do, oh, we'll do one of those. We'll get land and you can you can have little flags. You have a little moat All around right. it, which will just kind of be a puddle. But I think that would be fun. Yeah, that's fine for me. And uh, Roma says, Loxian began its life as a series of sounds. It was originally meant for only one song and was to have no meaning, to be a soundscape. 
I had difficulty with the idea of having purely sounds in the song, and so began creating a meaning and a history behind them purely for myself. Then, as Enya wanted to use the sounds or words in two other tracks, Loxian was born. She wrote books about Loxian. <sighs> Multiple books about Loxian. I guess that is what she's doing all day. I, I mean, if you're going to live inside that world, man, you're going to be the Enya world up here. Why not make your own language? I don't, I do understand why she doesn't go to the grocery store because then you feel like a different creature than other people. Yes. And I think, I mean, she must at least go to the grocery store, go to the pub or something, right? I don't think so. Does she, she just, doesn't. Does she just hover places and everywhere she goes, her sleeves are moving to wind that nobody else can feel? I wouldn't touch her. I would oh, be no. scared to touch her. I, I feel wouldn't. like I would be sent to heaven or hell. Like that's where my my uh, my sins would be. To- or she'd be like, oh, no, in... um. Uh, was it only God? I killed God. Demons only scared of me. Oh, and frailty. <laughs> like when you we touch them, and you see, we got there. You see all their sins. Yeah, that's what happened. That, that that is it. Enya is Bill Paxton in frailty. <laughs> oh, we got it. We finally figured it out. And then it, so there are albums in between. There's multiple very best, like the best of Anya that she is essentially forced to put out because of her contract, which she's fine with. You know what that does? More money, more Mm -hmm. money. She doesn't even have to do anything else. She just makes more money. And in 2012, Dark Sky Island, her eighth album, was born. Anya said about the writing, the inspiration came from Roma because of her poetry writing. I was asking what she was working on. She told me about this island in the channel's islands, Sark Island, where it's the first designated dark sky area. There's only 600 people. They do not have cars to limit how much light there is on the island. The only way to get to the island is by boat. Is this a horror movie? She was describing that the sky is quite unrecognizable to us because we're so used to looking up and seeing landmarks. But this is where it is so vastly different because there's so many stars and planets to view. That was the first song I wrote on the album. So many shadows where killers can hide. It's just, it's so ethereal, I can't even understand it. Uh, the Dark Sky Island went to number four in the UK and his highest charting studio album there since Shepherd Moons went to number one and it went to number eight in the US. So th- also this entire time, she is under the category of New Age. And again, she only views it as being Enya. And also Nikki Ryan doesn't even see that it's New Age. He says initially it was fine them calling it New Age. Enya plays a whole lot of instruments, not just keyboards. Her melodies are strong and she sings a lot. So I can't see a comparison. So I'm assuming he just thinks that New Age says no lyrics. Is that? I'm going to throw it out there. I don't listen to a lot of New Age music. I think it it generally refers to music that has not a lot of lyrics and a lot of like pan flute. Remember when we were at the, the I think we were at a flea market and the pan flute of the Titanic song was on. Was that you or was it with the, my sister? And because we were looking, I think it was my sister and I looked at each other and was like, is that, is that the Titanic song? It's only done by pan flute? <laughs> my, my sister, it was, it was Jessica because she was just like, I want to punch somebody in the face. I was like, yeah, man, is I it, also do. Was it this, this at Oldsmar Flea Market? Yes. Oh, fuck. I love that place. I love it. It is a trashy flea market in Henry and I's hometown. And um, so that's pretty much our life with Enya. She, again, she used to say fame and success are two different things, she said. 
I realized there's no rule book that says your music is successful. You must now become famous. And so I questioned, why must I do this? Is the focus more on me or the music? So I started to back away from things that were focusing solely on me. This is why she lives in her castle. This is why she doesn't like to get fucked with. This is why she's an enigma to the entire world. And in my brain, she sits on her vats of money, nude, hopefully, and sweating profusely, <laughs> but in a beautiful way that I've never sweat before. She's glistening. <laughs> she's glistening. She's really, she's glistening. She says, I have remarkable freedom for an artist who sells as much as I do. In Ireland, I'm recognized, but usually people just walk up to me and say things like a particular song. There's no Enya mania or anything like that, which I'm shocked. Well, it's, it's, I can't imagine Enya listeners are the kind of people who like freak out a lot. They're probably so calm from listening to all the Enya. I think that I would, even as someone that does openly, unfortunately, I, I don't mean to say unfortunately, because I should be proud of who I am. Yeah. As someone that does listen to Enya from time to time, if I saw her, I never in a thousand years would I realize it was her. No. She looks like just a beautiful woman. Yeah, with like a, mo- a kind of a mom haircut. Yes, it is definitely a mom haircut. And I'm, I'm assuming shawls. Yeah, there's got to be a lot of layers, a I would lot. imagine. Maybe something jangly. And she's a woman that thinks that falling in love is one of the most horrifying things you can do. Isn't that metal as fuck? It, see, I do see her on the spectrum with sort of like very dramatic metal. Even new metal, nay. Thank you. Um, yeah. No, and I, I think that that's also with the island, that talk about seeing the island from the boat with the no lights. That is the appropriate way to listen to Enya. Like, if you are laying on your back and staring at the northern lights, then I can see Enya really fitting in to that scenario. She so, sings a fictional language, multiple fictional languages. Yeah. You got to give props where props oh, are yeah. deserved. No, respect. Thank you, Natalie for joining me and thank you guys as well for joining us on this journey today that I'm going to go ahead and say that most of you played this and thought why would I ever listen to this and I want to say thank you for getting this far in it because I believe in Enya and I think that her story is cool and I think that your lives are enriched now right I feel stronger that you never knew that you wanted and ways that you don't no exist even to this moment. Look at the Irish to ye and your people. That's right. Uh, I'm an Irish girl. <laughs> oh. Which I did not know until a year ago. Well, so. when you're here with your family. We love you guys so much and we will be back next week. And don't worry, Holden will be with us next week. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. You can follow me on Instagram at JackThatWorm. And you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash page 7 podcast and you can follow me at the natty jean and also we have our page seven instagram at page seven lpn and our tiktok is getting reactivated and it is also under now page seven lpn there may be an enya tiktok coming up. we love you guys get peaceful you bastards yeah calm down bye <laughs> This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.